Podcast peeps, and welcome to the spectacular episode of Spiritual Alchemy with Erica. <laughs> you guys are in for tricks and treats because we have come upon October, my most favorite time of the year. You guys, it is so delicious, I could just take a bite right out of it. In October, we have so much to celebrate. So, let's get this party started. First of all, it's time to play Let the Cat Out of the Bag. This is where I tell you something very personal about myself. So, here goes. I am a spiritual alchemist and occultist. That means I take my own beliefs, theosophies, and years of various studies and practices, and I put them all together to create the magical life that I want to experience. So the meaning of occult is supernatural, mystical, or magical beliefs, practices, or phenomena, or a secret society to study alchemy and the occult, which you know, fits pretty good around here at Spiritual Alchemy with Erica, if you know what I mean. So you guys, I know this is probably going to sound a little crazy, but over the last 40 years, I have studied a lot. I have studied Christian beliefs, Hebrew scriptures, Buddhism, Hare Krishna beliefs, Paramahansa Yogananda courses and self-realization practices, I've done a course in miracles. Uh, I've dipped a toe in Kabbalah and its mysticism, and I actually really want to know more about Kabbalah. Um, A lot of studying on the Law of Attraction courses, including, but not limited to, Tony Robbins' Firewalk. Yes, I did the Firewalk, and I did not burn my feet. Um, Lots and lots of Wiccan and Pagan studies, as well as witchcraft courses and practices, and honestly, a lot more. That's only some. And the reason being is this is truly my passion. Because for me, all of the things that I just mentioned have what I call the golden thread. And that is a thread that runs through all of them that unites them all in similarity. I I think that no matter what you believe, we really all at the end of the day want the same thing. And um, that's, that can be found, believe it or not, in religion and spiritual beliefs as well. That is definitely another show for another time. Right now, I am currently a student of Devin Hunter, who is a renowned witch, and I am taking his Witch Power Masterclass. Someday, I would love to study under Lori Cabot. She is Salem's most famous witch. Though I have already read her teachings and studied them on my own, I think it would be great to actually um, have her mentor. 
that would be incredible. So as I said, these subjects are my true passion in my life and they have been since I was 10 years old. And that was the very first time um, that I became interested in, um, in witchcraft and in basically paganism. And so I sought out a witch called Sybil Leake, and she was England's most famous modern white witch. And um, so I wrote her a letter. My dad helped me to locate her. And though I never received a response, I have to say that the path of witchcraft has always been in my heart and it not ever stronger than it is today. I was incredibly connected to the spirit world when I was a child, and I used to want to be a parapsychologist back then. I even started a little coven with my friends who indulged me and played around for a while until they got utterly bored um, and the novelty wore off, but not for me. So right now, for all of you out there who are making the sign of the cross and praying for my soul, let me put your mind at ease. Here is my definition of witch. To be a witch is to be a teacher, a healer, a seeker. It is to believe in other realms of existence, to connect deeply with nature and Mother Earth. It is to honor the God and Goddess energy and to seek deep connection with it. It is to be a protector and a spiritual guide. It is to walk in rhythm with the moon, tides, and planetary energy. It is to believe in magic. And there you have it. That is what I believe in. And that is also how I've come to know um, a bit about the October and November holidays, because over the years, they've been a big part of my spiritual studies. In fact, when I belonged to Unity Church, I used to teach Sunday school to the kids. And um, I did a lot of lessons on some of the holidays that we're going to talk about right now. So on that note, let's talk holidays. Okay. <laughs> Starting with October 31st. Did you know that the history and beginnings of Halloween actually began over 2,000 years ago? For some, it's Halloween or All Hallows Eve, or for others, it's Sowin which, by the way, is the witch's New Year celebration. And that is because in the Celtic tradition, the New Year actually began on November 1st. So October 31st was the eve of the New Year. The end of summer and harvest and the beginning of the dark, cold winter. I also want to make mention of a traditional Mexican holiday that I love called Dia de los Muertos or the Day of the Dead. This falls on November 1st, and it's generally believed that the souls of one's family will return home to celebrate with them during this time. I love that so much, you guys. So altars are made for those loved ones that have passed, and they're created with 
Oh gosh, pictures, favorite foods, flowers, often marigolds are used, really, really colorful, and all kinds of things that were meaningful to those who had passed. Um, really, really beautiful. And in fact, since teaching the class I just told you about, that was one of the lessons that we had on Dia de los Muertos. I actually create an altar of photos and personal items for my loved ones who have passed now, and I place them on my hearth. Um, Every, I've, I've, I still need to do it. It's about a week before Halloween that I like to put them out because the actual date isn't until November 1st, but I like to have them out for at least a good week before. So now let's talk about the spirituality behind all these holidays that I just mentioned. So whether it's Halloween for you or by any other name, what is the spiritual connection to October 31st? It is a time when the doorways to the other world open, allowing supernatural beings and the souls of the dead to come into our world. It is essentially a festival for the dead. The time when the veil between the two worlds, that of the living and that of the dead, is thinnest and so easiest to cross over for a visit. Originally, Halloween began to ward off evil spirits. Children would make cross cakes or soul cakes, little cookies with crosses on them, and they would go door to door handing them out. It was said people dressed up in scary costumes in case they ran into an evil spirit so they could frighten them away. I personally love getting dressed up for Halloween, you guys. This year, I will be paying homage to Stevie Nicks, you guys, who is, by the way, a favorite among many witches. But that is a story for another time. Now, the notion of the spirit world and our world colliding did not sit well with most folks long ago. In fact, it still does not sit well with some. I actually have some... Christian friends who will absolutely not acknowledge or celebrate Halloween because they feel it's an invitation or a celebration uh, to the devil and that it is very unholy. I personally do not believe in the devil with the horns and the pitchfork. Um, that's just not something that I believe in. I think the devil is really more of an ego state of mind. But what, what do you believe in? Do you believe in the devil? <laughs> Do you celebrate Halloween, you guys? And if so, what are some of your favorite traditions? Do you dress up? Do you hand out candy? Do you have a party? I would sure love it if you guys would write in and share your traditions and your thoughts and your photos with me. That would be so amazing. Okay, so this Halloween will fall on a Saturday and, wait for it, is a full blue moon. Oh my gosh, you guys, I will be howling on that full moon. Oh! <laughs> I'm so excited. Anyway, let's get this Halloween podcast party started, shall we? In pre-COVID times, 
I used to throw a party the weekend before Halloween, you guys, and dress up in costume and have all kinds of crazy decorations and lights and food that looked crazy like little skeleton vegetables and spider cupcakes and all kinds of fun stuff. And then on actual Halloween or sew-in, remember the witches' New Year's, I dress in my prettiest witch attire. And we go to our besties' house, Sue, Annie, and Denver, and we usually play together, we play games, and we hand out candy. However, this year is the year of change, right? With COVID-19, we have had to create all kinds of new ways to celebrate and new traditions. So we will not have a party But I have decorated our house all crazy and fun, and I've actually posted some of these pics for you guys on Instagram and Twitter, so if you haven't had a chance to check them out, go right ahead. Uh, We are going to spend Halloween at our besties' house, and it's going to be just the five of us. I will be dressing up, I told you, as Stevie Nicks. Let me be clear, it will be early Stevie, to be specific. And my daughter, Indiana, is going to be Velma from Scooby-Doo. Her bestie, Denver, is going to go as one of her favorite Star Kids characters. And I don't know what Annie and Sue are going to be dressing up as yet. What about you guys? Oh, send me photos. Oh, and the dog, Jack, is going to be a shark because it's fitting. So we're going to dress up, we're going to play games, we're going to eat yummy treats, and we're going to be ready with candy in case we get trick-or-treaters at the door. Also, you guys, there's something new that I am super excited about, and we're going to go and we're going to give this a a try and see if we love it, and then I can maybe recommend it to you. So it's a drive-through Halloween experience. Instead of walking through a haunted house or a maze, you drive through. So that's a new and creative way to celebrate. Now, on that note, what are some other fun quarantino-ween ideas that we can do at home this year? Let's talk about a couple of those. We can make a Halloween show or a video, right? We could write little scripts and perform them with our family and our friends. You could, if you're brave, you could upload it (laughs) to Instagram or Twitter. Um, And then you could have a movie night to watch it. That would be super fun. On that note, have a scary movie marathon. And if you have kiddos, make it family friendly, though. Um, I literally have been watching scary movies, well, all year, if I'm being honest, but definitely been hitting them hard this last month. Okay, we can make homemade Halloween treats, you guys. And you can find really creative ways on the internet how to make veggies look like skeletons or jack-o'-lanterns. I'm going to tell you, right now about a super easy and really fun thing that you can do with cupcakes, okay? So take whatever cupcake recipe you have right out of the box, whatever it is, and the frosting you like. Do that normally, right? Have some fun with food coloring and your frosting. Go for some purple and some green, okay? Then, check this out. You take black Twizzler licorice, You cut them into long strips because they're already in long strips, but you want them to be thin. So you can cut one piece into two, right? And then cut those in half. So now one piece is four skinny little black licorice pieces. You stick those into the frosting, you guys, and let them 
like just put it in about half an inch and let the legs hang down. And then you get little candy eyeballs, which you can basically get at any um, like craft store. And you have the cutest spider cupcakes ever and super easy. Okay, but now I digress. You could have a pumpkin carving night. And those ideas are endless on the internet. And some of them even actually have printable stencils that you can pull right off the internet. Um, Indiana and my sister Alexis and I used to create some crazy jack-o'-lanterns. So I'm going to be posting some of those pics for you guys too. Okay, you can have a Halloween story time hour under the full blue moon if possible. That would be amazing. Last but not least... I personally love to do a Halloween photo shoot. We've had some crazy, fantastic costumes and props over the years, so I'm also going to post those. But I would love it again if you guys would do some great photos in your Halloween costumes and send them to me so I can throw them up on the blog and share. Okay, you guys, you can find a million more ideas on the internet. One thing, while I was researching these ideas... I was reminded of the time when my daughter, Indiana, was little. I had a favorite Halloween book, you guys, that I used to read her called Happy Halloween Stinky Face by Lisa McCourt. And now I really want to dig that book out of the garage and read it to her again. But she would literally roll her eyes at me because she's 14. So maybe I'll just read it to our doggo, Jack. Hmm. Okay. My peeps, we are going to switch gears, and I am going to tell you about one of my most favorite ghost stories of all time. Settle in and listen closely. Now, some say this story is mere folklore, while others say it is inspired by actual events. I'll let you decide. I want to tell you about Sarah Winchester and the famous Winchester House. Perhaps you've heard of it? I fell in love with this story after watching the film called Winchester, starring the brilliant Helen Mirren, who I might have had the pleasure of meeting a few times over the years. Sorry, I just couldn't resist because she is amazing and I was so excited. Anyway, now I definitely digress. The story goes that Sarah Winchester lost her only child, Annie, and then her husband, the heir to the Winchester gun fortune, and was devastated by her grief. She believed she was cursed by those who died by the Winchester gun. It was then that she sought out a psychic medium for advice. This medium told her, that in order to redeem herself with these spirits and remove this curse, that she must build a house. This house's construction and design will come directly from the spirits. They will guide Sarah to create the blueprints while she is in a meditative state. Sarah must recreate each room that the people died in. Once that room is complete, that spirit would grow stronger and be able to communicate directly with Sarah. Sarah then shows the spirit her remorse and her terrible guilt, and this gives the spirit peace, and then they are able to move on. 
This is why the house never ceased construction. 365 days a year, 24-7 for 38 years. Because after one room was completed and that spirit moved on, Sarah would tear down that room and begin building another one for a new spirit. However, not all spirits are so forgiving. For those malevolent spirits, Sarah had to lock them up in rooms and use 13 nails to keep them in. This movie, you guys, is so fun. And I highly recommend that you watch it this Halloween season. Okay, that's the film story. Now, I would like to tell you a bit about the actual Winchester house that I personally cannot wait to be able to go and see for myself someday. The Winchester house is a 24,000 square foot Victorian style house located in San Jose, California, and it is a literal labyrinth. There are maze-like corridors, twisting hallways, staircases that literally lead to nowhere, doors that open up to walls, and a skylight in the floor. There are intricate stained glass windows, you guys, and the numbers 13, 7, and 11 are repeatedly displayed in various ways throughout the building. And those are very important numbers in the occult world, by the way. Hmm. It does make one ponder. It was Sarah Winchester's inheritance from Mr. Winchester's death that allowed her to pay for the construction, which continued until her death in 1922. The Winchester House still stands in all her glory and is now a museum that is open for all kinds of tours. It is said that the house is still very inhabited by those restless spirits who died by the legacy of the Winchester gun. I cannot suggest enough to you guys that you check out their virtual tours. It's about $10 or $15, and it is amazing. I did the first virtual tour, but they have a new one now called the 360-degree tour. I'm going to do that one too, by the way. And if you're fortunate enough to be in the area of San Jose, California, you can do the in-person tours. And I believe that they have a special Halloween night and another one at night that you do where you get to roam around the house without a guide, with only a flashlight in the dark. In fact, I believe one of them begins at midnight. So if you are brave enough, oh, that would be so incredible. <sighs> Someday. Can you imagine all the spiritual encounters that could be possible there? If you want to do a virtual tour, just go to www.winchestermysteryhouse.com. And don't forget to check out the film starring Helen Mirren called Winchester. Okay, also, I do feel it's worth mentioning. If you would like another very interesting theory about Sarah Winchester, I do encourage you to look up a gentleman by the name of Richard Allen Wagner and his article called The Truth About Sarah Winchester, Bell of New Haven, because he's going to give you an entirely different story. Ah, all right, you guys. Now, 
I am going to end the show with a ghost story of my own, though I prefer spirit encounter. Here goes. So I was a young teenager living with my mom and my sister in a small apartment in North Hollywood. I was well into my acting career by then, which my mom was managing at the time. One day, my mom was playing back our telephone messages, and on our voicemail was a very staticky message left by a man with a very deep, crackly voice. The man said his name was Jack and that he was calling about Erica regarding a job. That part's still a little foggy for me, but my mom and I assumed it was regarding an acting job. So, of course, my mom picked up the phone and she called the number. A woman answered the phone and my mom politely asked to speak with Jack. The phone went silent for a long moment, and the woman on the other line asked very angrily, Who is this? And my mom replied that her name was Iris and that she got a message from Jack calling about her daughter Erica regarding an acting job, and now she's returning his call. The phone was dead silent again for what seemed like an eternity. And the woman said, Is this some kind of a sick joke? Jack has been deceased for over 20 years. My mom, shocked, apologized, and hung up. What? What just happened? It was so weird, you guys. Was it some kind of a prank? I remember hearing that voice and how far away he sounded. No way in a million years was it a prank. It wasn't a kid. It was a man. I believe it was someone reaching out from beyond. Still a mystery, though. (sighs) Needless to say, my mom and I were really rattled, to say the least. And that is one of my spirit stories for you. And now I'd like for us to get still, to get quiet. Let's take in a deep, cleansing breath. Let's breathe in all the good energy of the universe and exhale deeply. Slowly, all that no longer serves you. As above, so below. To my higher self, surrender all control. As without, so within. Love will be my eternal mantra, my constant hymn. As the universe, so the soul. My heartbeat will match the beat of the universe. This my body become the true embodiment of my soul. This is my affirmation. This will be my greatest manifestation. And now we take a deep and cleansing breath in, breathing in all the good energy we just created. And we let go a long, sweet exhale. 
lovely affirmation came to us from Jason Yucca. Shadows of a thousand years rise again unseen. Voices whisper in the trees. Tonight is Halloween. By Dexter Cousin. So guys, I'm curious about your thoughts and feelings on the subject of spirit encounters and communicating with the dead. If you have any supernatural experiences of your own to share, please write in to me, reach out, share them. You can email me at erica at realericaleniakblog.com. You can DM me on Instagram at officialericaleniak, or you can tweet me at at ericaleniak. Okay, happiest Halloween, All Hallows' Eve, Sowin, Dia de los Muertos, or whatever the heck you celebrate. Be safe and enjoy. Actually, we should say Happy Quarantinoween. And now I must thank my beautiful team at a really good home podcasts. Thank you to the magnificent Katie Politanoff, my awesome producer. Thank you to Hater Mir, my incredible studio producer, sound editor, and brilliant composer. Thank you to the gorgeous and so talented Tamron Tobian, our illustrious publicist. And last, but never least, the one, the only, Andy Fraser, like Razor, long lost cousin to Freddy Krueger, my senior producer. All right, you guys, be safe, have a wonderful time, and remember, you are powerful. Bye!